I didn't know what to do. I, some nights I just couldn't sleep. And then I'd have to wake up and go to school and I'd be fatigued throughout the day. I'd... We can tell the difference when the kids have had a good night's sleep in the morning. Everybody's happier. Uh, everybody finds it easier to get started in the day and they look forward to their day a bit more. My strategies for getting a good sleep are to have a routine. And that doesn't mean I stick to that routine all the time. So mine comes in a four-step strategy. First one is I have an app on my phone that lets me know about an hour left to bed to start that routine. Two is I take a warm shower. That helps me get rid of the energy from the day. And three, I put on my PJs. And option 3B is that I might have a chamomile tea if I'm feeling, you know, I need that relaxation. And four is get a notebook out, write down your thoughts and one by one take them off your mind. Come back to them in the morning. Some of the other things I think that as a parent you can do is to um, give, give your kids some good advice around leaving electronics outside of the bedroom uh, and to have that safe space where they can go to sleep on their own. I wouldn't recommend drinking caffeine in the afternoon because that'll keep you up at night. I think it's important to, to help your kids get a good night's sleep by giving them some time to digest their day and to talk to you about anything that's on their mind. I think the best part about getting a good night's sleep is that you wake up with a fresh mind and you're ready to tackle anything. Hey everybody and welcome to the Headspace Radio Sessions, proudly brought to you by the folk at Headspace Adelaide. My name is Maya and I'm really excited to kick off our second season of the podcast. If you listened last year, you probably remember that I was co-hosting with a wonderful gal named Paris. She's actually now uh, working like full-time in, in radio, uh, so she's a brekkie gal. And so we've kind of got this awesome new new team here. Um, I'll let everybody like introduce themselves, but... We're super excited. Hey, I'm Steph. I have done a bit of podcast stuff previously and I'm really super interested in mental health. Um, we have a bunch of really cool people and I'm really keen to get started here. I'm Nick. I'm also new to this podcast thing and Headspace in general. Um, yeah, I've got a bit of background in radio, but this is a new little avenue for me. So yeah, I'm excited to be here as well. Should be good. And I'm Samuel. Uh, I'm new to this as well. But super excited. I've been around Headspace for a little while now and uh, just talking about mental health in general. Super excited to be a part of that. Hi, I'm Declan and uh, I was with the podcast last year doing the um, the audio and yeah, now helping, like having a chat with everyone and yeah. Declan looks honestly so snazzy. We were commenting the fact <laughs> he's currently wearing a tie and he's just like owning his, his space here right now. You Are you enjoying your experience so far, Declan? Yeah, it's been fun. Pretty chill. I've got my own I've got a chair to myself and yeah. feel like I'm on a throne to be honest. Wow. Okay. Make us feel like peasants again. <laughs> Look, um today we're gonna to be talking about sleep and personally I don't love talking about sleep because I am constantly having like my parents harp on to me about getting more sleep or less sleep or why am I sleeping so much? And it's sort of one of those things that's actually really intrinsically linked with, with our mental health. So I guess I wanted to, like, throw a question out to you guys. Like, how much how much sleep do you reckon you got last night? I honestly got about what I normally get, which is about a good four solid hours. Um, yeah, I pretty much just don't sleep. I don't even know why. It's just a lot of fun. But, yeah, I find I can't really sleep for more than six hours without getting insanely tired during the day so yeah yeah it's kind of weird and I bring it up sometimes to people and they just go who are you 
Were you, did you even like go through your teenage years? Well, see, I think I'm one of those people who's how did you survive life? Because I'm I need a minimum nine hours or I just can't function. Like I think I got six last night and I've been a zombie all day. So I, I don't understand even, how you do I that. Yeah, see, Nick, I can t- totally relate. Like, I need a nap. I need two hours of <laughs> napping if I don't get, like, a minimum out of eight hours sleep. I just die. It doesn't really matter what I get for me. Like, I I can sleep for, like, ten hours or I can sleep for six. I'm still a zombie all throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm kind of the opposite where it's I can have three hours sleep and I'll be ready, raring to go 7 a.m. in the morning and I'll go all the way to 11 p.m. And then some days I can have ten hours sleep. And I'll be like a zombie. So, are, are you grumpy though? Like, surely you become grumpy and. Do you know what? Sometimes I haven't even noticed. I probably am, and people will tell <laughs> me that I'm grumpy when I don't have much sleep. But generally, I'm usually pretty enthusiastic and. You seem a very chipper person, so. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think that's quite a skill if you can sort of maintain all that energy on such little amount of sleep. Well, I think coffee does help. Yeah, out yeah quite I was a bit. about to I mean, ask. It's, uh, yeah. My high coffee diet. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm definitely the same. Like with my four hours solid, it's just like, just caffeine is just a godsend, basically. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Like, is blood even running through your veins, or is it just it's caffeine? It's just pure caffeine at this right. point. Yeah. So when they take blood at a blood test, yeah, they're like, like, "Oh my brown, god!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so gross, but. <laughs> yep. Um, I was really interested in the idea of of sleeping rituals recently. I'm just going to digress slightly. I was I was on YouTube and I found, like, this person doing, like, their nighttime routine and I was like, that's so lame. Oh, a nighttime routine, I'm not really interested. And then I watched it and I was absolutely fascinated. This video was literally, like, 23 minutes long. Like, I'm sorry, but 23 minutes of them, like, walking me through every single thing they were, like they did to, to get a good night's sleep. And it got me thinking, I don't really have a nighttime routine. I like, do you reckon that would help? I don't know. My question is, like, what were some of the things that they were talking about? Well, they were, like, really into meditation, so they did, like, a lot of that, did some face masking, you know, walked their dog, kind of those sort of things before winding down to bed. But then they hopped on their phone before they went to sleep and this person's, like, got a relatively large social media platform. So it kind of made sense, but also I'm fairly sure phones before bed aren't the best idea. Yeah, isn't, like, something weird to do with the screen light yeah the blue light yeah you can get products though like flux which supposed to take away blue light which help um stop inhibitation or if that's the word of melatonin i believe yeah i like i've tried those though and i don't really do that much for me it's i still find like it's just using a screen which is being actively using something um just before bed it's not that great but yeah, I don't know. Just what do you do before bed to sort of like, you know, get yourself in a routine to sleep? Um, I actually quite like having a shower before bed. I know it's not supposed to be that great, but um, for me that works. And also probably listening to some not intense soundtrack music, so just like calming, like atmospheric music. Um, but I'm not sure how much that actually works because I still sleep terribly. So. I mean, it could just it could just be me being weird. Aren't there videos online where it's like people talk to you slowly or sleepily, and you gotta apparently drift off? Have you guys heard of these? 
That was so subtle. I'm going to give everybody a little bit of context. I am so into ASMR and we were talking about this just before and I was playing some ASMR and literally everybody in this room was like, Maya, this is too much. It's too much for everybody. They were all so on edge. But to subtly answer, you know, that lead Samuel, yes, there is. I mean, I think there is like legitimate actual ambient sound that's supposed to help you go to bed. But I'm a big fan of ASMR where people, like, get all up in the microphone and they, like, whisper you off into dreamland. That's my personal thing. I just can't do that. Like, you saw my reaction earlier to that. It was just like, like I just feel like if someone's whispering in my ear, it's just, just the biggest cringe to me. Just, I just, no, I just, it's no. It's not your thing. You were, ro- like, you were just a step away from rocking back and forth in that fetal position before. <laughs> she was so on edge. Yeah. So what is it for you that calms you down then with the ASMAR? I guess the appeal to me with ASMR is just there's this repeated sound that my brain can kind of tune into and it sort of allows it to switch off. But, I mean, do you guys have any sort of easy listening things that you listen to? I listen to my fan. Like I have to have a fan even in the dead of winter. Just like Um, in the corner of your room, just hyping you up? going like Yeah, or like because I used to live in the tropics and we we always had a fan. And um, I, I, I can't. So I've only just got that joke. <laughs> yeah, that, was really that, was that, that was so bad. <laughs> so did you get it? Are you getting it? You're still not getting it? A singular fan. Yeah. Just like one person that's so into you. Just like just a hiking you up in the corner. Now he gets it. Oh. As I said, I'm always tired. Yeah, yeah, 100% <laughs> as well. Like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> What's your secret? I'm always tired. I've actually said exactly that to my friends about, like, exactly that. <laughs> oh, man. No, yeah, I, I I always need, like, a fan in the background because I used to live up in the tropics and, um, like, of course, you can't... Like, for several years, we didn't have any air cons, so always had a fan on and it's just stuck. Like, I, I feel it makes me uncomfortable when it's a quiet room. I need some airflow and some noise in my room or else I just won't be able to sleep. No, I understand. I definitely sleep better with a fan going on as well. I've never even lived in the tropics. It's just something that helps soothe me. Like people talking or singing doesn't do anything, but a fan for some reason. It'd just be just, a comfort thing, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Just what you're used to and what you've grown up with, the sounds and all those, trying to find that comfort zone when you're actually in your bed and just getting all cosy. Mm. Mm. How important do you reckon it is to have a bit of a ritual and a nighttime routine in order to get sleep? I think sometimes you, that's almost like an overthink type yeah. of occasion. Like you've got to do these set things before you go bed or you won't be able to fall asleep. You know, sometimes you just walk into your bedroom and collapse onto your bed <laughs> and you're out cold. Mm. You don't even have time to think of a ritual. But then on the other hand, rituals could be really good. Like it could really calm you down if you just took a moment just to meditate or or 20 seconds to boil a cup of tea, even if you forget about it. You know, it's just that really relaxing. So I don't know if it's about a set rules and things you do. I think it's just guidelines to help you sort of get in a rhythm. And, like, I don't have anything like that, and I generally sleep horribly. Like, it takes me a good couple of hours to get to sleep, and a rhythm probably would be a good idea, but... I just have never gotten around to organising it. Would it almost be like that triggering type thing so that you've yeah. done the same thing every single night? It's like, oh, time to Your sleep. Your mind just goes, yeah, it's time for me to shut down for the day. I, don't, I assume. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to try this now. <laughs> I think the other thing that a ritual helps with is, does anybody here work sort of weird shifts where you might like work an evening that finishes at 
11.30 or 12 and then you might sort of work during the day as well. Like for me, I find it so hard to get to sleep unless I have sort of set things that I do because if I've worked three nights in a row and then I'm working all throughout the day, my brain doesn't want to go to bed I used at to do, I used to do like midnight to dawn shifts. Oh. But, yeah. <laughs> I work at the cinema and we have, when we do those shifts, they're called clopens. So you close and you open. Oh, oh no. They're awful. Awful. You get like a six-hour sleep. It's it's not fun. I used to just stay up for like 24 hours after. Like I'd get into, I'd like stay up all day to get into the midnight like um, routine and then I'd stay up another 24 hours after that to get into the daytime routine because otherwise I would not be able to, like go to sleep, like um, go to sleep in normal hours or the hours that I needed to. Mm. How did your body react to that? Like, just how uh, did you react in general? Oh, it was horrible. Like, I ended up quitting the job because I just it was emotionally taxing, mentally taxing, and physically taxing. Like, I um, yeah, <laughs> it didn't. Like, I did it for about three months, but that was just too much. Yeah, that <laughs> did you super intense? Yeah, like, did... I didn't. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, no, I actually got really fascinated into that. Like, I, did you notice a considerable difference once you quit and, like, things got normal? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just so much happier. Because <laughs> you don't realise how much you miss the sun until, like, <laughs> you don't see the sun for, like, a week or two. And, like, it, it just makes you so depressed. Like, you really have to be careful because that's why I did have really crazy um, body clock changes because I needed to see, like the sun for at least a couple of days in my week to be able to feel okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those things we often overlook sleep as as being super crucial to our health, but, like, not only is it important to our physical health to keep our body, like, alive and well, but, like, my mental health really suffers if I'm not on top of my sleep. I remember when Fringe happened, I went on a bit of a bender for, like, two months and I just like was at fringe like every single night and I like just did not I did not sleep and my headspace was so bad I was so stressed and so anxious because my brain wasn't able to process the day because that's what sleeping's good for you it's like your brain sifts through all these files and like gets rid of the ones they don't need and keeps the stuff that it does need so when I neglected my sleep it just it was a, a rubbish time you don't want to drive, have a lack of sleep. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't get necessarily, um like, when I close my eyes, but normally when I'm really tired, like, I just don't notice things. So I, I could be driving down the road, and if I'm really tired, I have to be careful because I might not notice a car turning in or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I noticed when I was doing the midnight to dawn shifts because I still obviously had to um, do normal adult stuff during the day. And sometimes I'd have to, like, for example, voting. You can't, you can't sleep during the day well and still vote. Like, since it's a set time, you have to be up to do the voting. Yeah, that's a really interesting point because yeah. most of everything to do with just life in general and appointments like, and stuff yeah, is Yeah, it's 9 to 5. Yeah. yeah. And, like, when you go home, you usually just, like, when you finish your shift, you just want to go to sleep. Mm. But you have to stay up for, like, you know, three or four hours before yeah. before you can and you're usually just, like, super dead. And, yeah. I guess if we think about headspace and, and headspace's role in terms of sleep habits and, and sleep education and stuff, headspace does have quite a few good tips in regards to 
to looking after your sleep health. Yeah, there's a couple of really interesting ones that I just didn't even think would be a thing. For example, one of the tips is like sleep medications. You're not supposed to take them, which kind of seems counterintuitive. Just like, of course, you'd want to take medication to try and get to sleep better. But apparently it doesn't help in the long run. It's only good like in short term and and they can be a little bit addictive as well. So I, I can't say that I've ever really had sleep medication, but has anyone else tried taking it? Well, I, I have before. Um, I didn't take it long term. It was something more to help me get back into a proper sleep pattern after I had a really crazy couple of months and my sleeping schedule was really crazy. Um, so I think I used them for all of two weeks, just slowly going down and how much I took every night. Um, and I'll still take a quarter of a sleeping tablet now if I'm just absolutely exhausted and need a good night's sleep and just need to just knock myself out for 10 hours. But yeah, I, I still f- wake up feeling groggy the next day and it does have its side effects. So, I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing it too much. It's very much a last resort if you can help it. I think there's things like melatonin out there which isn't supposed to be addictive. It's just extra hormones um, to help you go to sleep at night and there's also like you can also get um herbal tablets as well like i'm not sure if they do anything for you but at least there's a placebo yeah to kind of help you Uh, that's so interesting because um i've heard that the melatonin tablets kind of come in on a prescription base yeah so you can't really get that over the counter whereas the um the herbal tablets they're kind of over the counter but maybe less effective but more placebo-based, so, yeah. It's one of those things that, you know, is often always better if you can go and chat to your GP or or, or chat to somebody that, that knows a bit about you as a person, what you're needing out of your day, because it all depends on, on the human. Um, some people need crazy amounts of sleep. Some people need to be able to get up and go to uni and work you know, lates and closes, and it really does vary, but there's there's an abundance of information out there, whether you're looking at the stuff that Headspace has or whether you're sourcing it elsewhere. Like, just having a conversation can be really useful. That's probably a good point in terms of getting the melatonin from, like, a prescription from a GP or something because there's always underlying things that it could be as well and actually having a discussion with a professional or a doctor or um, psychologist, if that's who you talk to, is probably a good idea too. So, yeah, not just assuming that, oh, I just need more sleep and then taking some sleeping tablets type of thing. Mm. It's probably best just to double-check and see if there's anything underlying there as well. Mm. All right, uh, so speaking of drugs, um, what is it? Caffeine, alcohol, tobacco, it's all these are also sort of things that we've been reading recently you're also meant to avoid before bed because they, I think while you feel sleepy, they don't give you, they give you a restless sleep, so you probably wake up feeling more exhausted than you would if you obviously didn't take them. Um, what are you guys, have you got any experience or thoughts? Or I can definitely attest to the alcohol one. <laughs> uh I don't know if anyone else has had this experience, but definitely if I just have like more than a couple of drinks before bed, I will go to sleep and I'll go to sleep fine. But then through the entire night, I'll just wake up and then I'll just want to wake up earlier and just have a terrible sleep. It's it's not good at all. And I've definitely been able to tell that. Well, I don't usually drink an awful lot when I do drink. I don't drink that often. What I do, I, I usually find I have an okay sleep. 
Like, I don't know, maybe I'm just a bit weird or just don't pay enough attention, but Some definitely the... avoid caffeine, though. Mm. Some of the bad experiences I've had, I've made that mistake of actually having a nightcap. I know nightcap makes it sound as if it's more attractive and it's more stylish, but um, I think I can join you in saying that it doesn't work. It's It really gives you that restless sleep. You're fine for the start. You s smoothly sail, well, sail away to dreamland, but... Um, you just wake up and you start getting the actual effects of alcohol and it's it's not comfortable. And just as a little side note, I definitely wouldn't recommend mixing sleeping tablets with any of the stuff we're talking about now. Like, that's just a recipe for disaster. Like, nothing is good is going to come from that. Yeah, I mean, generally, mixing medication yeah. and, and, and alcohol isn't a great idea, but it's certainly not something you want to do if you want to sleep, you know, well. I think we've tried to promote as well through there just all those healthy ways that you can do it and... Mm. Kind of sounds obvious not to do the drugs or alcohol before you sleep, but we've talked about it. Like there are alternatives that are probably going to help you out. And it's kind of just trying to find your own special way of getting into a routine, whether that's you know YouTube videos, the relaxing sounds, or whether it's drum and bass. It's there's so many options out there mm. for you. And I mean, you know, it's not the end of the world. Like you know, you have to go to bed eventually after a night out. Like it's inevitable that. <laughs> At some point in your life, you're more than likely to drink before you go to bed. And, yeah, your sleep might be totally crap. But what's also really good is to formulate sort of like a how I keep myself all together action plan after a really bad night's sleep. Like, do you guys have any sort of self-care things or things that you routinely do if you've had a really crappy sleep or you've had a restless sleep? Like, what do you do to sort of... Have food. Don't forget breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Such an easy one to skip, though. You have a bad night, you you may have missed a couple of minutes in the morning because you put that alarm onto sleep mode. Yeah. It's just so easy to run out and away from the kitchen. No, like, if, if you can't do breakfast, I usually go for whenever I can get my hands some food. Some advice I've gotten is, like, have something to eat because your body, like, needs the energy to run all day. And, like, when you're sleep-deprived, it needs more energy than you probably normally would. Right. Mm. Yeah. Exercise always helps me. Like, it doesn't have to be a crazy workout, but going out for a walk, getting some fresh air all up in my sinuses helps, you know? <laughs> mm. Just, like, sucking in that life, because if I've not slept well, I just need to sort of be revived a bit. Yeah, I agree with that. Just, like, fresh air just hitting you is just the best feeling, just to kind of wake up and just be okay. Like, I don't necessarily eat breakfast all the time, although I agree that's probably a good idea. Um, sometimes, like, medications will make me feel sick, so I probably wouldn't eat breakfast, um, but definitely getting outside, um, having maybe, like, tea or coffee as well, and mm -hmm. just kind of just taking a breath and just kind of going, this is okay. It's okay mm -hmm. not to have had a great sleep. That's another really interesting thing. I know that when I was younger, I used to have heaps and heaps of worried thoughts and anxiety around sleep, and I remember doing this experiment where... I basically tracked my sleep and worked out whether I had a good day or a bad day after because I'd gotten into this headspace, if I have a bad sleep, I'm going to have a terrible day. And so I got really anxious about not having good sleeps. And I did this experiment and I realised, actually, a bad sleep doesn't always equate to a bad day. And it sort of taught me that you can overthink the importance of, of sleeping and sometimes you just have a rubbish sleep and you kind of have to go, ah, oh, well, you know, that was tonight and, you know, that's okay. Mm, I think... Even just in the realms of just forgiving the fact that you've had not a great sleep the night before, like, 
just there's research that's been done as well for people um just if you beat yourself up a bit more about that sort of thing or you think that things are going to be worse than what they actually would be because of that you're going to have a bad time basically um mm. whereas if you think it's an okay type of thing kind of take it in your stride and just kind of take a breath and deal with the day as it comes it seems to be a bit more of an effective way of just kind of having a better better day basically yeah I think that's such a good point that's and you know that's certainly something that it took me like years to learn yeah I think it's more prevalent as well now and my girlfriend just got a, a new Fitbit and she's obsessed at the moment we're trying to record her sleep patterns and seeing how well she slept and how she's not and I guess she's trying to put it into the same category as you what you did with your experiments and kind of see whether it correlates to whether she's had a good day or not. Mm. Yeah, so speaking about, like, phones and stuff, another thing that has been advised um, through a little headspace is try to avoid screen technology because a lot of it creates blue light or white light, I believe. When you guys go to bed, do you ever go on your phone and do you notice a difference when you don't use your phone before sleep? Or I've definitely had experience with that. You know, you're in bed and then all of a sudden you get like a really important email or something pops up on Facebook. For me, it's always a football-related news where like mm -hmm. we've signed a new player or this has happened. Or I just get super excited. Like, oh my God, we've just signed, signed Ronaldinho or something like that. And then I just can't sleep for the next hour because I'm so excited over one thing or another. Mm. Well, I mean, that light, like shining a big bright light in your eyes is telling your brain that it's light outside and it's time to be awake. And for me, I find that I, I don't want to be asleep, but then it al almost makes me really exhausted at the same time. I have quite, I find an unhealthy relationship with my phone before I go to bed because it's like I need it to feel tired enough to go to sleep, but it's also keeping me awake. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, I feel like I need, like, some sort of stimulus before I go to sleep, but I know it's not good for you. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I think I would not wake up three times in the middle of the night if I didn't do that. Do you guys read? Before you go back. Yeah, see, I've noticed a massive difference between reading for half an hour before I go to bed compared to half an hour spent on my phone. Massive difference. Sleep a lot better, but I don't know. Mm. It's just addicted to my phone. Just you can't put it. I can't put it down. That's really interesting because, like, I feel like I'm just the odd one out here because I, with the phone, um, I feel like it's not the actual. It's not light coming from the phone that affects me. It's more what's on the actual phone as well. But in the same time... It kind of sucks you in all the entertainment. Yeah, but yeah, that's I... also, like, the reading thing as well. Like, mm. I actually can't read before bed because I get way too into it. And I'll just <laughs> stay up all night reading. Oh, I used to do that when I was younger. I used to, like, be reading books because, like, my mum and dad would just take off, my, like, my laptop or whatever. So I'd just be reading books like until three in the morning or something. <laughs> it's like jokes on them, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been that type of person ever. <laughs> now, it's really funny because I, I haven't really been reading books that much now since um, I've got a lot more, um, I guess, autonomy over my life. Um, yeah, but sometimes I do do like puzzles and stuff before going to bed. And oh. I kind of feel like that helps me like um, still get the same amount of like stimulus because you're still using your brain, you're still... Um, you're still doing something, not thinking about sleep, and that helps me get to sleep sometimes. Hmm. Yeah, these are all great ideas for the um, the old noggin. Store them away, pop them in the back of your brain for the next time you can't sleep. Because it is it is you know a known fact that 
having a kind of rubbishy sleep and having a rubbishy sleep consistently isn't great for your mental health. Mm. It's one of those things that's important to be aware of. It's also important to not overthink. But, I mean, what would you guys suggest to somebody who, you know, has noticed that they've got a really unhealthy sleep pattern and it is affecting their mental health? What would you guys suggest? I'd probably say that if you're stressed before you go to bed, and I know I've done this in the past with my anxiety, is I usually overthink things that have happened during the day or a day before and I just haven't processed them and I haven't talked about them out loud and so therefore there's that moment when I'm in bed and I'm overthinking so I'd probably say if you're in that situation you can probably just talk to someone get those off your chest and you probably just have better night's sleep because you're not thinking about everything that's happened I would say um, if it's a constant like reoccurring thing it's probably best to go to a doctor um, or see someone that can counsel you but otherwise, um, if it's just happening every now and again, I like I find that if I've done nothing all day, like just been sitting on my computer all day, I need to try and find something else to do. Like either find like go out for a walk or go and hang out with friends or try and find some level of um, exercise or social interaction to kind of break up and um, find that helps me prepare for sleep a lot. What about you, Steph? Do you have any um, any suggestions or is there any, anything that you think helps you go to sleep? I would definitely suggest, if at all possible, probably just leaving the phone just in a completely different area um, just because it's not good anyway, whether or not that's because of the stimulus or because of the actual light. Um, particularly also, I don't know about you, but I have trouble waking up with the alarm so if you have it like somewhere else and you have to actually get up to get the alarm then that's also helpful so i definitely recommend just keeping like just the phone away from the bed basically if at all possible mm. so thanks a lot for listening guys it's been absolutely a pleasure to be a part of this i'm really looking forward to where we're going in the future with this I had a great conversation lots to talk about yeah and from us you um hopefully we'll catch you next time and thanks for listening alternatively if you feel like you want to see someone in person or face to face um you're more than welcome to come by headspace at the adelaide office as well it's just down on wakefield street or you can find out locations online if you or someone you know is in need of a crisis or suicide prevention support please contact lifeline on 13 11 14 or Kids Helpline on 1-800-55-1800. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are from young people involved with Headspace Adelaide or are guests invited to be interviewed by the team. Information provided should not be taken as clinical advice.